0: What's good, everybody? Welcome back into the 4 Mandalore podcast. I don't think I've been as excited to get this podcast on the road as I am right now. T-Bob said he hasn't been excited to talk about anything as he is excited to talk about this episode right now. So we need to hop into this thing real, real quick. Guys, what's up? I am Nick. That is T-Bob. That is Jesse the Jetpack On. We're talking about season finale of The Mandalorian. We got so many audience questions. We're going to ask them later on in the show but first guys what is up uh i am doing
1: incredibly well i'm fresh off my third rewatch uh my third rewatch is generally when i really get into a lot of note taking my head is spinning um and and i i i'm i'm blown away i mean i, I think back to friday uh when i saw this episode and upon first viewing this is without a doubt the most emotional that Star Wars has ever made me, and very complicated emotions, a lot of different swinging emotions, and and we'll get into all of that. But it was just, I mean, from the time when I first saw that X-wing through there to the to the final shot of the door closing, uh, I, I I just felt like I was on some sort of high, like an adrenaline rush or something. My breath was taken away multiple times. It was. Um, Look, I love, I love nerdy things, and it was just one of the best nerd moments. A nerd moment, like a lifetime in the making, multiple lifetimes in the making, all the way back to 78, and Lucas, and the original, you know, A New Hope, all of these things all coming together in this perfect moment. And it was just, uh, it was one of the most magical and spectacular forms of media that
2: uh, I've, I've ever experienced.
0: Fantastic, keep up. Jesse, what'd you think?
2: I feel a lot the same way that T. Bob does. I mean, I I, I try to re- kind of remember how I felt as I'm watching it, and I remember just, you know, the X-wing shows up. The whole thing by the end of it, I was like, "This isn't a TV show anymore. Mm-hmm. This is the heartbeat of Star Wars and Star Wars for the future." And I just couldn't, um, I couldn't believe what I'd seen. I mean, it's just, uh, this is the third or fourth time we've said that on one of these episodes, just when you think they've hit the peak, they just up that game, they raise that level of expectation and at this point um, it's so funny the way it happened, it comes out they announce all these new series there's this kind of slow element of doubt that creeps in are we going to get over saturation What, what are they doing, do they have this, and then Favreau Filoni just come right out of the gate, and they're like, "We fucking got this." I mean, <laughs> we are going to show you bitches how it's done, and they did. And I've watched a lot of TV shows. I think you guys are the same way. We're, we're movie guys, we're book guys, we're you know nerd guys, and and I've seen a lot of things. And I don't know if I've seen a series finale of a of a show that has n- this kind of impact. I mean, it just blew my mind. Uh, and I'm so excited to talk about it, to a- answer questions, to kind of predict where we're going, yeah. to kind of give us a pat on the back for a lot of the things we've been saying on this pod kind of coming to fruition here. Um, but my initial reaction is just, you know, it's just holy shit. I mean, that is my <laughs> way to explain it. <laughs> oh, you know, geez, yeah, it's, really- shit.
0: <laughs> it's no other real way to quantify it, I mean, we said the same thing. I think for the last probably 10 minutes of the episode, I was watching with three other friends. We were all standing up. We couldn't sit down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is it is not quite too often when a piece of media can get you to do that. Especially one, Jesse, as you said, that's been raising the bar every time right. you come out with a new episode. Like, that's, that, that's the craziest part. I was standing on my feet, jumping up and down and yelling when I saw that freaking belt buckle. On Luke Skywalker, I I I can't even tell you the emotions that 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 gives me, man. And and they've been upping the bar every damn episode from last year to this year, man. It is incredible. I was in all of the season finale. I cannot say enough good things about it about this series. felonian and Favreau have reinvigorated my love of Star Wars in a way that I didn't think was possible, and. I'm just in shock and all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. I didn't even consider the belt buckle. I can't wait to get in the details of Luke uh, later on. Okay. But I think I have a good starting point. Um, and, and I think we just try to chew this th- through this thing chronologically because there's so many parts of this episode that I want to give sure. credence to. But um, I think we need to respect the fact that immediately in the preview for the episode we are reminded that ahsoka set this all in motion um yep. and there are major questions therein. And and jetpack don this is where i'll bring you in uh do, have you thought or do you have any theories about like what does ahsoka know about luke skywalker at this point do they have a relationship i mean surely she knows that anakin has a son out there do you think they've ever met is this her way of kind of establishing contact with him. Like what, what's your reaction to just being reminded that uh, Ahsoka made the move, you know, the chess move to set this all in play.
2: It, it makes me think in the end with the timing of the announcement of all the series and everything, is it makes me think that Ahsoka and Luke, are, like we talked about earlier, these kind of nerd moments that are years in the making. There is an Ahsoka Luke, um, uh meeting that is going to occur and it's gonna be one of those moments and she absolutely sets this play into motion. Does she know who's gonna show up? I don't know. But she sent out when when she sent Grogu to the seeing stone, that is that triggered this entire event, right? If he doesn't do this, the final episode of, of The Mandalorian season two does not have Luke Skywalker. No. So in some ways she has to understand that he's out there. Well, I keep going and- back
1: to her face. It seems like she gets it's such a knowing look after she sends Mando and Grogu off. And I guess whatever that can be interpreted multiple different ways. But I also think that look, she knows she's not a Jedi. She probably knows that Luke is. I just, I, I guess the more and more I've thought on it, the more I feel like she was specifically calling to Luke Skywalker.
2: Yeah, and I can I can I can definitely get with that, and I think that the way that it played out, it lends a lot of credence to that, right? I mean, it, it that's exactly what happened, and that is going to be a complex, uh, multi-layered m- meeting, right? These yeah. two, there's a lot of lot of history there, and and I don't think we've seen the last of Luke Skywalker, um, and I don't think we've seen the last of obviously none of Ahsoka Tano, and I think we're we are cruising in the next probably four or five years of Star Wars content that's just going to just gonna blow all our minds.
0: My friends at lunch today kind of likened it to the MCU, how they're kind of opening it up into that kind of world. And I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. No, well, it's it, not a bad thing because there's there, a the slow
1: – Yeah, it's a slow simmer, right? I mean, me and my friends have talked yeah. about this a lot. Like where the DC universe went so wrong is – they tried to hyper-accelerate the process, right? They did not respect the process. They, You get Doomsday as a 15-minute plot device in Batman, Superman, or whatever. It's like, it's it's wild. Whereas when you heard about the original announcement of a Boba Fett television show, I'm sure we all just assumed that it would just be a show, right? Like, just like a show that's announced and then started. Little did we know, would it be a show that would spin out of a thread that was spun through two different seasons of another television show like that's the slow simmer that marvel has approached its movie world building with that's been so effective and you have that all over the place here as uh really the mandalorian when you look at how it's going to spin out it's been weaving a lot of these eventual like seeds almost that are now going to be sent out into their own uh into their own respective worlds
2: no question and i think when you it's kind of like a gumbo, man. Do you want to go buy already a pre mixed roux and throw it in there and put your chicken and mm. sausage, or do you mm. want to cook it yourself, right? Do mm. you want to spend the time, put the heart and soul into it? And that's what these guys are doing. That's what DC didn't do. Yeah. And I mean, even in the model of their episodes, right? Like, you know, we get that Bo Katan, uh, you know, yeah, I want the dark saber. We need the dark saber to mm. finally. Um, like you can see it in her eyes that she's like Moff in his mind, blah, blah, blah. And then we don't, you know, the naive user's like, man, what's going on here? And then at the end, it's the complete breakdown of, of Bo-Katan on, 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 uh, then having the, the,
1: yeah, having the dark, the dark
2: saber. And so what I'm, my point is they do this. They throw these little hints, throw these little foreshadowings. They may do it a uh, couple episodes, uh, previous, and then they just, they score the points when they, when they're supposed to, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, amazing.
1: It's, it's, it goes back to what Nick said. It's been a mantra of the pod. Nothing is filler. Uh, okay. So that, 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 that was some pretty pretty big brain stuff right there, I guess. Um, but how about do just the opening scene? I love the opening scene where they chase down the uh, the Lambda shuttle that is carrying the the, the cloning scientist um, because it reinforces what I think I love about like westerns and and medieval stuff. It's just the vastness of the galaxy, right? You roll up if you get rolled up on, you can't call for help. Like no. like Boba blasting with that ion blast, and when they're sitting there in the cockpit, and the slave just slowly cruises over the cockpit, I mean that's a predatory look. That's like a great white shark. Uh, and isn't just, it good
0: to see the the protagonists in this situation? Yeah, for, for them to be the ones that are the big bad guys. Like I love seeing that. I love that nothing went wrong. I love that it was just total smooth takeover, and that. I don't know. It's just nice to see those roles reversed a little bit.
2: Oh yeah, and when the slave one comes creeping up in the windshield yes. vertically—that's what I'm saying. That's I mean, one of those shots, that, dude. They made that thing look, you know, like it was the most menacing flying yes. iron in the galaxy, <laughs> dude. The, uh,
1: <laughs> and then, and it, then before before we get into the actual scene with the people, dude, Boba Fett is a beast pilot. I mean, I, I know he's been flying since a little kid, and he obviously got some good genes from Django. But like, he had the perfect seismic bomb double kill last episode. The perfect ion blast this episode. He had the double kill at the end uh, when he's uh, fighting those Tie Fighters, shooting backwards and spinning. Um, he he, and, and then just pieces out the hyperspace. He is he is an absolute beast behind
2: the wheel. Uh, that ship is an ext. It's like we've been talking about how martial arts and all these things are woven into this series. He that is an extension of his body. Yeah, that ship. I mean, he can he he, he can do whatever he wants with it. And the way it jumps to hyperspace so fast, I think looks <laughs> awesome,
0: dude. Yeah, and with the, with the extension of your body thing, that reminds me a lot of what you think about when they they teach you how to you know drum really well when you get to that next level where you kind of unlock the ability to play and do whatever you want without really needing to think about, okay, how am I holding the stick? How am I yeah. doing this? How am I doing that? Right. You know, that, that, that unlocking that next level, you can do stuff that goes beyond imagination sometimes. And,
1: and you can, you just get that confidence from
2: uh, the, you, the confidence is the biggest thing. Yes. You
1: get that confidence from the performance uh, of Boba in these episodes. He just looks so collected and all the time. Like, experience off the charts. Yeah. Yeah. He's been fighting since he was what? Like, 10 years old i
2: mean it's like you said t Bob earlier these are these children of war like boba ahsoka yeah i mean these these are these kids that legitimately came up from birth to grogu war
1: i mean grogu's the ultimate example dude okay next one okay so sorry i just wanted to give boba pilot skill some love but dude uh what did y'all think about the exchange where we have a survivor of Alderaan and a survivor of the first Death Star talking to each other.
0: Uh, that, that is just such a moment of, you get it. You get inside of what the common man thinks you get inside of what the average person thought, when that space station blew up, he kind of yeah. reminds you a little bit of the Battlefront Two campaign monologue that Tamara Morrison gave, where he's talking about "I knew men on that ship; they were good men." He echoes many of those sentiments when they're talking, and you get to hear both perspectives, which is awesome. In that perspective, with, with uh Tamara Morrison, you only really oh, wow. heard what he was doing as an as a soldier, because you were t- you were fighting as the Five Hundred First, but they turned into stormtroopers, so that was kind of your perspective. With this, you get to see and also the scale. I mean, he says millions of people died. Yeah. I guess I never really stopped to think about it. But when the Death Star blew up, I guess it could fit millions of people. I mean, they, yeah,
1: I don't know. Maybe it would like caused some sort of fallout. that killed more. But I mean, it, whatever. They did mistake it for a small moon. So feasibly, it could easily be large enough for like a million people.
0: Yeah, it's just sure. it's just funny how the action just kind of centered on like one small grouping of areas in the Death Star. So you kind of think about it, kind of warps the scale in your mind a little bit. Yeah, it's just
1: kind of funny about like Luke killing two million
0: people and Han being like, "Whoa, yeah! <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely." It <laughs> takes a di- it's it's <laughs> like when you think about the the Tie Fighters <laughs> flying overhead in uh the episode where they go into the the mine a couple episodes ago in the Mandalorian. Uh, it's like wait, the Empire, we can think about the Empire? We can have empathy for the Empire? I mean, really, they're engaging
1: with a lot of the concepts, like we said earlier, laid down in The Last Jedi by Benicio Del Toro's character. This, like, almost uh, military-industrial complex, right? That it's just constant fighting on both sides, and really, it's all a matter of perspective. It's uh, some of the same philosophy that Bill Burr's character was espousing in The Mandalorian, and here you have it brought to a head. Where you have two people that both are well within their rights to hate the other, and it's only one's more badass soldier than the other one is, and that's Cara Dune. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: and it, it, it's 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 the gray era of Star Wars. We've said it multiple times in the pod, whether it's Ahsoka, whether it's Bill Burr's character, or whether it's the scene that Nick described earlier, or whether it's this one. Right, like it's they are showing you that 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 it's the gray. I mean, it's not always. Black and white which, like which is kind of why of which is why I'm real dry. interested
1: to see where this all goes from here because to me what made this show is that despite that gray, Mando's motivation was never unclear. He, the, right. the, the anchor well, of everything hero. was Mango's grogu. Hero. Well yes, and but, but exactly and and his guiding anchor is grogu. That's his north right. star and, he's and his the quest likely
2: hero. I mean, he's the guy that we we're all starting to see. And that 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 pilot this is the third or fourth time that one of these characters has made me think of the like German SS who were on the run and you have this this uh, cloning scientist might as well be one of those nuclear yes, scientists. Yes, you know, yes, 100%. percent War, like yeah. the New Republic, let's just say that's America. Post-World War, and during the World War, there was this this uh, race to capture and catch and get all these nuclear scientists. Yeah, not to kill him come- but to use them. No, 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 no. Yeah. As they defected. No, the U.S. got tons.
0: Yeah, and no, so that's, it, yeah, it,
2: exactly. They remind me of this, you know, the war's over. They don't know what to do. They're SS. They've got only— uh, there's only one thing they know, and and they keep reminding me of that. And I think that they're doing a great job in kind of, you know, showing that the, the empire, or the imps, what they call them, they've still got a lot of uh, dedicated zealots who are yes, just yes. holding on. And they have got this mantra now that we've heard several times, and we know this is the beginning. Order. They keep saying order. order. And it's
0: funny. It's funny that you mentioned that that you realize the scale of the Imperial holdouts because uh, it's funny on accident. I clicked on um, a season one episode uh, thinking that it was uh, an episode from this season. Cause I just can't understand the Disney plus. Uh, it's not the <laughs> best I've done that
1: before. No, I watched the entire no, yeah, intro to the season one finale and I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Wow. They're really going back in this. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I,
0: exactly. So, so I cl- I clicked on it on accident for a couple seconds and then uh, they talked about how, uh, the guy who gave Mando the original contract to find Grogu, it's like, oh, he's not uh, a local warlord. He's Imperial. And then I think Kara or somebody said, oh, th- those guys aren't around anymore. And then you think about when we were in 2019 viewing that scene for the first time, we thought, oh, man, wait, they're still Imperials? What? Now the scale has just increased so much in really the past three or four episodes. And like Jesse right.
1: said, order, order, order order the first
0: order cometh
2: yeah i mean snoke is being
1: created uh we know that they have the blood that they need to get snoke across the finish line i'm sure or at least make significant advances so i think people are finally going to get some answers into snoke's kind of uh origin story i think we're getting those answers now Um, no question jesse do you think and, and nick as well do you think like does it, okay, so the same way in that you really have to question, you know, do the means justify the ends with America basically harboring, you know, uh, the, these Nazi scientists that did horrific things, but also bring value to the bottom line in terms of you know, trying to put yourself on top, uh, the, do do? do I, I think it brings up some interesting questions about the new Republic as, as well. Right. And that the importance is so much put on this. There's so much importance put on the scientists that like the Imperial is actually able to leverage that against them. Right. saying that like he, they, y'all will be in big trouble. Like, even though this guy's probably, you know, done terrible things and, and you're a hero of the Republic, like you will be in trouble if he dies I think it's just showing that uh, you know, power shifts, but a lot of those same problems and what people are willing to do to stay in power kind of remain.
0: Well, it, it highlights what you were talking about earlier, the gray area, uh, with you and Jesse were talking about. I, I think it kind of accentuates the fact that, like, hey, we're in this ethical middle ground, and if you don't get him, then guess what? You never find out that he's in the brig and you never find out that the dark troopers exist point. and you never find out that all of this is going to, well. well, you find out that the dark troopers exist, but you don't know where they're stored. And you also don't have the code breaker to s- close the door yeah. on the dark troopers. so They don't come out and murk you instantly, you know? So that that's, re- you really can't draw the ethical line too hard. Don't draw it in pen, at least draw it in pencil. That's
1: well, right. no, I mean, look, it's just like real life. Like, those are the questions you have to ask. Do the ends justify the means? And you make a case, say yes, in this case they do.
2: No, I think this there's no guy, question. The, the, he's a tool. You know, he's, he's a tool. No, it's like if the new Republic has him in his hands, he's a tool. Just like if the empire has him in his hands. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, cause and he's
0: like, he's like ex-Kaminoan, like not like species, obviously, but ex-Kaminoan facility person. Right. So yeah. Like, but who
1: knows what kind of fucked up experiments he's done in all kinds of I've living always, beings.
2: I've, I've always, the, the, you know, mad scientist kind of uh, villain character that they—I've always thought those are great. Oh, right? dude, I love his glasses.
1: Like- How good do his glasses yeah. look? <laughs> I was just thinking about that. <laughs> They're just so—it's got like that great comic book sort of feel, uh, like like Elijah Wood's glasses in Sin City, almost It was just fantastic with the green. Um. Uh. By the way, uh, it is now established. Cara Dune is a B shot. Between the sniping last episode with uh, the fifty yes. cal and then the yes. headshot from the hip, old girl can uh, old girl can shoot, dude. Well and I, think,
2: I think Star Wars was doing this on purpose. They put these four female characters to I mean, they uh, Bo Katan, Sasha Banks character, Cusca Reeves and uh Finnick Shan dude. and feloni uh, loves
1: feloni loves a girl squad dude I mean look at the final four episodes of Clone Wars right I mean he's he's all about uh yeah he's, he's all about the female heroes
2: yeah and and I think they're they do so good and and it's probably a good time to chronologically step into our little meeting of uh, yeah Boba and Din and Koska and uh, Bo-Katan, whose ship looked really cool by the way, outside of that uh much bigger there. yeah, yeah much I, bigger I, than I, I, I had thought. a special
0: note on that meeting uh, that was one of the first things I wrote in my show notes is that you come for the king, you better not miss. She, like, whiffed on that first punch on Boba. Like, not to skip the whole dialogue oh, before that. Hold up, hold up though, that,
1: dude. Hold up, though, because Sasha Banks, uh, I mean, she did pull that jetpack DDT on Boba that was real tight
0: and sent hey, him I to ain't the, the say, table. I ain't saying that she beat his behind during <laughs> the fight. I'm just saying the first punch, miss. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he did toss her through that table like, bitch. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was... You set a-
0: yourself up for that one. You set yourself up for that one. Okay, okay, okay. Hold
1: on, but hold on. Okay, so so back to the ships. Uh, I thought Bogotan ships was way bigger than I thought it was. I really, for some reason, really, really enjoyed watching the slave park. I don't know why. I mean, Bobo whipped that thing in there. He came in hot, and then it was so smooth on its landing, straight to disembarking. It just felt very, like, uh, spacey or, like, sci-fi to me. I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, and let's be real. It's easy to it's easy to drive a boat in open water. It's who can park the boats that really will show you he's got the skills. dude. Facts. That dude. just facts. That, dude Big just facts. that thing in there at the at the, at the marina, you know? Okay,
1: wait. So, um uh, what what were y'all's favorite points of the the conversation between Mando, Bo-Katan, Boba and I I'm, I'm afraid I don't know Sasha Banks' character's name.
0: Koska reeves Koska reeves okay what did I, y'all liked I liked when uh Bo- boba and Koska reeves uh back and forth was the best part of that entire exchange
2: uh i'm like yeah I, you go on I, I like seeing i like seeing boba and den enter the the bar together oh yeah I, it got you that yeah. feeling that these two dudes are homies and that's a couple of that's a pretty strong little two. Bro, imagine in if a, you were sitting at the
1: bar and you could see it on everybody's faces like the bartender was like, "Oh, what the fuck?" But like imagine if you were sitting at the bar and those two walk in.
0: Yeah, not only do you have two Mandalorians in the bar, you have another two come in and they don't look too friendly with the other Bro, two.
1: Bro, Boba Fett just gives off waves of menace. He just yeah. like
0: vibrates like anger
1: and rage and just like He's a tank, dude. He's a walking fucking tank. And you know what I loved? Mando's talking. And then Bo was like, we don't need them. And that's when both Bo-Katana and Cosca Reeves perk up. They heard that voice. Oh, yeah, the voice. Yeah. That Ooh, voice. dude, to and me, it- that is the richness of the Star Wars universe. Everything we're talking about, nerd moments, decades in the making, that is the richness coming through, right? Oh, because awesome. as soon as they heard that voice, they were like, oh, shit. And when well, she's Andy- like, yeah, go on
2: they use that to establish Bo-Katan as another one of these, uh, clone war ki- people, yes. right? Like she came up in the clone wars. I've heard it thousands of times. I mean, that I was, that, that was menacing, dude. That, that was
1: so menacing, basically saying I've killed so many of you. I've killed you so many goddamn times, thousands of times, but then Boba with the, uh, mine might be the last one you hear.
2: Ooh. Oh, oh yeah. And that's, oh, gold. And that's when, uh, and that's when your girls, uh, Sasha Banks said no, nah, you're not going to talk to my my, yes. you know, my girl like that <laughs> and took that th- took that swing. Hey, she whiffed though. She whiffed though. She whiffed. Uh, she uh, did
1: do, but then she when when Boba tried to pull her with his uh He was strong. The Ma- the Mandalorian's love the cable. Like nobody loves the Yo, cable yes, more than the yes. Mandalorians, dude. And, well, and- she, she reversed it on him real quick
2: and you get a sense of how truly combative and combat oriented their culture is, right? Like,
1: yes, yes. Like there's
2: only one way to settle a dispute, bitch. And yeah. That's, and that,
1: like, <laughs> that's like their equivalent of just like getting into a shouting match with someone like what well, went all, down all there. of
2: those
0: participants loved that fight equally. Like they, they no, were they all like into
2: it. it. No, you're right. And that's a part, they like it, they enjoy it. And I remember when we were talking earlier, maybe in our group text, uh, you know they used to have the Sith saying, right? Peace is a lie. Well, the the Mandalorian version of that is peace is a sin, like that it makes people fat and lazy and uncompetitive and weak. And so they Damn. they really show you that in in all these confrontations. And it also shows you why it's so freaking hard to unite these uh these meatheads yeah. and you can all, and you can divide <laughs> them so easily.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, they give a perfect example. How she says if we would have given, like, I think she just half as much of this effort towards the Imps, we'd have our planet back by now. Yeah. 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 I she
2: thought she was in, like, halftime of Varsity Blues. Yeah, I dude,
1: I know. That line oh, was man. a little funny, dude. That line was a little, God damn it, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I just pictured her throwing the play sheet on the ground with a big dip in her mouth, like, fuck. And
2: the major element happened there. A major commitment. Din basically committed to taking back Mandelbaugh mandalore with her yeah right? he's like look i don't I give mean, a fuck said, you come enough. help me with the you kid help me get the kid i don't want this fucking dark saber i don't want Moth gideon i'll help you take back mandalore you just gotta help me get the kid
1: how about uh the line where and it was pretty ironic where kosca reeves tells boba uh i didn't know sidekicks were allowed to talk which like maybe like her second lines of the show, which was hilarious. And then Boba calls her out. I don't know what he says. I've tried to listen so many times. He says like, well, if that isn't the Quackter calling the swifty swabby, it's just like yeah. some excellent star Wars nonsense, dude. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Hearing that,
0: you're like, yes, it is exactly like <laughs> that. Even <laughs> yeah. though I don't know what either of those things yeah, are.
1: Exactly, dude. Um, Okay, so where do we go uh, where do we go unless does anybody else do, do y'all have so anything they, to add on this scene?
2: No, I think we're good. I think we've we've talked that one pretty thoroughly. I think we go straight into uh, the, the plan to board to uh, board my Moff Gideon's yes. butt plug.
0: Yeah, my my uh, <laughs> my I mean, first you, note you see it. on that was you see it. on that point uh, that the dark troopers the 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 scientist reveals to us that the dark troopers are the third gen so it turns out the ones that we've seen in Battlefront and so so on and so forth are not not canon. These are just like kind of the new ones. Yeah, and and he those, said they eliminated the yeah. uh the the only weak point which was the humans inside the suit.
2: Yeah. Drones are back. Which was a critical error as we'll discuss later when uh, our favorite hero arrived. Oh, okay.
1: Yes. Okay. Okay. So um so I, I, I thought the plan was actually pretty solid as far as plans go. I thought it thing. was a little surprising that they let Bo Katan be on the mic. Cause I feel like her and Gideon have a bit of a history. Maybe she kind of yeah. wanted him to know, I'm not sure. But um but yeah, I mean it was executed to perfection.
2: Well, you've got five that, I was thinking to myself, you've got five studs, right? Like you give them a game plan. You've got Boba, Den, Fennec, Shan. All the, they're going to execute. It's right? Seal it's Team it
1: Six. It's like the elite it of is. the elite.
2: And they and the boarding scene was fantastic. I mean, he's like, I'll give you. A show print. Better have your shields up Yeah, yeah dude. That, that's
1: what I'm saying. Boba's like, she's like, you, you know, you gotta make it look real and you gotta watch out for those. And he's just like, shut the fuck up. I got he's it. Like, I okay. know it, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, and then and then as soon as like so when they're about to go into the tie launch pod, which by the way, how they launch ties is so
0: sick. Dude, dude, it, oh, dude I I had I have so view. much to say about that. <laughs> I have so much go ahead, Jesse. I have so much to say about that.
2: Yeah, go ahead. No, but my point is, I loved it because the first person view, like, I was like, here's the Disney ride. They're making <laughs> plucked, shot out of a light cruiser,
1: oh, and and just really like, like yes. kind of carried in, and then uh, do you think those pilots? I mean, I guess those pilots just have to stay ready or something. But wait, so Nick, what what did you want to say about it?
0: I d- I just think like yeah, I I was thinking the same thing during the first viewing of the episode was like, wait, are they just like always in their tie just fighters and, and yeah, I, I guess ready to are.
1: fucking roll. I mean, think about it. Like I'm sure you could have the same way you have somebody guard a hallway, you have like a squad uh at any given time just in exactly. the ship yeah, ready exactly. to go. Dude,
0: yeah,
2: and I, just I love how they have TIE fighters on racks, just racks yes, of TIE Fighters. Yes. Yes.
0: It's like you see in the old the old Death Star 2 in uh episode six and like you just see them like lined up like so Aesthetically pleasing. It's like uh,
1: but, it's it's like dry cleaning, but with Tie Fighters. You know how when yes. you go to the dry cleaning machine and it, that that there's like those little like a good, things just good, bringing uh, all those clothes. Actually, an extremely accurate and good <laughs> visual. Uh, so, what did you want to say about Nick?
0: I just think that that is like what you're going to have to do. At Disney and at Star Wars to make me feel the joy that I felt as a kid playing like Star Wars Battlefront 2 or whatever. Any of those games where like, whoa, I'm actually flying this TIE fighter. That's so cool. And you feel like the childhood wonder wash over you. That was like a .6783% fraction of like a second where I felt that joy. Like felt, come over me.
1: I felt like I was in the Hulk ride being blasted out, but only in, in Star
0: Wars instead. Uh, it was just, it was incredible. Well, I so mean, you I know they have, they have job. Star Wars
1: Squadrons, which is a VR game that is first person. In cockpits, mm-hmm. and I, I think I'm getting an Oculus Quest 2 for Christmas, so we report let's go. back on some uh, first-person squadrons, maybe
0: see if they get it. I didn't know it was VR. I thought it was uh, uh just on, No, it's actually a, like,
1: not, like, it, it definitely feels like it was made for VR first. It's actually not that much fun just for the controller. I bailed on it, like, immediately after buying it, almost. Really? Uh Yeah. Anyway, okay, so uh, the plan... Uh, We see slave one, slave guns popping off. Um, The TIE fighters start coming out, almost collide. Lambda shuttle gets in there. How about when Boba breaks off the attack, dude? He hit that juke pretty quick. He immediately immediately cut right, started spinning, hit two (laughs) shots, firing backwards like it was nothing while spinning, and then went to light speed. Later, bitches. Um, and then and then and then and bocaton was pretty slick landing that Lambda shuttle. That was a tight runway. And then they just came out guns blasting.
2: I mean, destroyed that thing. The the they cut through that thing like a, a hot knife through butter. Did, the stormtroopers they were in the they were in the command center in five seconds.
1: So okay, so this is a question that I have. Was there too much? easy stormtrooper killing. I love the plan. It was perfectly episode uh, or perfectly executed, but there were a couple parts parts. I'm like, you got to make the stormtroopers, maybe just a tad more effective. Like there's a part where Dune is sitting in the open with a jammed gun, just like hitting the knee. She
2: going to get killed there. For she's like, she's I like six did, feet away from bad. them
1: and she didn't even get close. And she was just like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> it
2: just like I think
0: that's on. a little, like a little overboard with the easy killing, like ragdoll stormtrooper, but I think you compensate for it with the dark trooper dynamic, but do agree on that. It
1: was just bit. it was just like a little gratuitous at times. Like the, I mean like you said it was like butter, even though look there was really tight stuff in there, dude. Uh the cable into flying jetpack knee kick with her knee was tight. Um when they get jumped on just the bridge.
2: Just Bo-Katan and, and Koska's use of the jetpack is yes. just masterful. Yes.
1: Like when they get caught on I the mean, bridge and they just dive off the side immediately and then come in and, and wreck him from below. That
0: was back. such a badass visual, bro. <laughs>
2: yeah, and Bo-Katan's dual pistols look badass. Yes, yes. Oh, God.
1: Even though um, And, your, and still-
2: Shan had the shot where she leaned to the side, cocked a gun to the side and shot through those... uh you know cargo storage oh yeah uh, yeah, yeah yeah. that was awesome
1: uh, and she showed
2: some martial arts she caught him with a couple roundhouses.
1: yeah i mean her and boba rolled up on that base at the post-credit scene like it was nothing I mean, she's pretty pretty strong too uh it, it is interesting though despite it all well before we get to gideon um the raids going on and then mando Manages to barely get there in time. He shuts the door on all of the dark troopers, save for one. Uh, what do y'all think about the dark
2: troopers? Well, he fight? crept through there too, and and this was the, this is the first episode where I was like, finally, his armor blends in with his surroundings, right? Like he <laughs> yeah. actually blended yeah. in with the gray metal of this thing. Yeah. He wasn't just this shiny like Mandalorian uh, armor guy. And and he, you know, he crept through there very much, kind of had that Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan
1: creeping, dude. That's what I was just thinking. He absolutely had that Obi-Wan creeping, kind of peeking around corners, floating on the balls of your feet.
2: And the spear looks really cool and is, you know, kind of attached to his back
1: uh and and so what'd y'all think about the dark trooper fight obviously dark trooper got the it it seems like i I feel like mando got off to a terrible start in the fight
0: yeah Um, you really get a feel like you 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 hear his reaction and and his emotions in that fight and you you feel for him like you you see him and hear him get hit and you hear the groan and the grunt and it's like dude like that's got to be like well, I like, mean, to any average person, you'd I mean, just be de- demobilized.
1: I was shocked that he allowed him to get his hands on him as easily as he did. But I think he was taken a bit surprised by everything.
2: Well, he, he got hit with that Terminator Two Judgment Day scene where the guy put his, his fingers in between the doors and yeah. it ripped it open. I bet yeah. he was like, "Oh, you know yeah, it? I know exactly." I impressive feat of strength. And then once and that, then that thing he gets shot a his little blaster at him, yeah, that thing was ineffective. The fire looked cool ineffective well the fire at
1: least got him to disengage though right because i do think extended fire would have melted something in there like something yeah that's an important point because
0: we get kind of like the specs the rundown of the dark troopers from this fight you know without being told in text or in writing what the features and attributes of these things are you kind of find him out because you pit him up against one of the most badass fighters that we've seen in this franchise so far. And I
2: wonder if Pedro had a little PTSD when they're like, hey, there's going to be this scene. We're just going to bash your face in <laughs> with uh, with the fist of a dark trooper, very similar to how the mountain did you uh, in trial by combat. But this time, you're going to have a Mandalorian helmet on. Wait, but but how about uh, – it's
1: also actually for the character of Din Djarin. He could have been having a little PTSD that suddenly – all of his deep-rooted droid hate and fears are back in the most menacing way possible, right? I mean, well, remember, yeah. Mando hates droids. They yeah. they ruined his life. They killed his family. They they you know, ruined his planet, made him well, a founding.
2: And he's definitely in uh, concussion protocol after that. Bruh, so, that I mean, shit was shots.
1: brutal. It literally dented the spaceship behind him. It broke through the wall. <laughs> oh,
2: Barely but hey, violent. but the be,
1: but the best guard's beast though, dude.
2: And it gave us, you know, that's that, that we were talking about earlier, how they slow cook it. They just don't beat you over the head. That's when we get the spear. That's when the spear shows, okay, this thing's, you know, a, a serious weapon. And it took that dark trooper down pretty so easily. So
1: the dark troopers are not Beskar, but they are immune to blaster shots, or at least almost immune, it seems like. I mean, he even survived the wrist launchers like it was nothing, um, even though I kind of stumbled him. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean. That's what I
0: was wondering. Like, are they are they Beskar? Like, uh, I I, I, I don't
1: really... th- I, I I I'm guessing they're not. Well, I I don't know I don't know I don't know. No, they're, they're, oh, no they're,
2: they're not. Luke cut through them like.
1: Oh yeah, like that's 20. right. Luke had it. Duh. Okay, no, but they are uh, blaster. They are yeah, blaster proof yeah. though. And yeah, no, they're
2: they're very. They've got some serious defense. Uh, if we were talking about their level, they've got a decent defense level. Yeah,
1: and something and something that we called there, we knew that the spear would be one of the best weapons you would have against the dark troopers. Sure enough, he takes the head off with it. Bow,
2: bow. Uh, and a really cool a really cool um thing that I think kind of gets overlooked, when he hits that that air that airlock to suck him out into the space, uh, several of the dark troopers are like reaching and grabbing and trying to You know, it made them look so real, right? Because they're trying to like hold their way in. And I bet the dark troopers, to me, they're probably more dangerous in open air where they can use their flying capabilities and all these other things, right? Than in that like tight ship quarter. Yeah, they're they're
0: so confined. Like, there's they're almost half their skill set is kind of erased.
1: Well, also though, none of it would have mattered if. yeah, no, Mando could be one one on one maybe, but like none of it would have mattered. No corners, no, tight corners. They, they, they all would have gotten killed in the bridge. I mean I mean
2: like instantly, things. like like not even ten seconds. Well, and, and that's what and that leads to our, our confrontation with with uh our reunion and confrontation with Mando with Grogu and Mando with Moff Gideon yes. that I saw. Right right
0: before that, right before that, uh yeah,
2: th- his
0: takedown of those stormtroopers was incredible. I loved that. That when he just like stabs the spear through one of them and then like cracks the neck of the other with yeah the- oh my yeah, god was, I forgot yeah I he
2: was he was that that's called being dad mad that fucking <laughs> around he was visual poetry yeah he didn't have time he was killing them immediately
1: uh, okay so what what did you think about Gideon
2: I thought first of all I thought this freaking dark staver stole the show I mean when he when it opens up and it's just sitting there it's it's got it's got this really cool sound effect that's different from a lightsaber and it's just sitting there and it's glistening kind of black and purple and white all around. I thought it looked fantastic. It looks and razor I thought,
1: sharp. I was so pissed yeah, when he was like about to yeah. shave Grogu's head with it. It was way too close for comfort. I mean, just an it, inch it was and that really cuts the skull,
2: skull open. And, and I think tough. where I thought Gideon and Gian, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, you got a sense of this really is this kind of, um, Joker, Mephisto, kind of devilish tongue. Like his biggest weapon is probably is really his mind and his mouth. Right? I Dude,
0: that's read, exactly I what said. I was gonna say. I, I had so much to say. Oh, well, not so much, but like I had a very, very important co- to me comment about what I thought about Giancarlo's acting. D- uh, did I interrupt anyone? No no no, 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 for, no, no, no. Go for it. No, no. Go ahead. Go. Yeah. I I haven't written. This is the longest note that I have on my show notes. And guys, I really. Am just absolutely smitten with the way Giancarlo Esposito plays villains. Like I absolutely love his style. I love his words. He doesn't have to brute force you. He doesn't have to try to intimidate you no. with his brawn, bro. He is two steps ahead of you at all times. He knows that the Rockets are gone. He he knows that the everyone on the bridge is dead. And he's gone into full fuck it mode. Like he is in this part of the of the end game, bro. Like this is not. Any kind of playing around to him, bro, and the fact that Jesse, as you said, you said it very well, the way he outthinks you is the most intimidating part of him, and that makes him scarier than any huge six-five muscle dude could ever be. Well, yeah, he, he, he is de-
2: definitely the master of discord, right? Like he is doubt. He even me, like I'm a, all of a sudden, I'm like, which one of these bitches is spying on us? Like, who, is it Cara Dune? Like, even I was like. Who's the damn spy? Well, no, know? he
1: is he he is actually into it's interesting because he definitely has the kind of like you said, the Mephisto Joker, evil vibes, but then he also is the Batman archetype. He's the master tactician. Now he may I don't think he accounted for the original raid, but you could see when they were flying into the to the tie fighting tube when they were originally boarding. You could if you really watch Gideon, you can see the gear spinning in his head. He oh, is sure. he is quickly assessing the situation and he is figuring out what's the play and he accounted for everything right like he had everybody right where he wanted them to be the one thing that he did not account for was Luke Skywalker um he wasn't well, the. He knew
2: to get off the bridge. He knew to get off the bridge. Yes, exactly. That's what stand. I'm saying. No, to he make he, his stand in the cell.
1: Yeah, he knew the perfect move. He knew if he confronted Mando instead of Katan, and he look, he's not the uber elite swordsman I expect him to be. He's 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 definitely good. Like he's better than um, you know. I'm sure like 99 percent of people, but like. When you're talking about Mando and the people we're dealing with, you are talking about the best of the best. So he's definitely yeah, not he like...
2: Tra- that's why he had to sneak attack him. I mean, he had to help him. Yeah. He had to get him to drop his guard. It was clever. He, it was a clever He, he, clever had, he knows clever he can't attack. fight him up straight up one-on-one. So he
1: knows he can't fight him one-on-one, which he uses to his advantage because he knows Poketon's pressure points. So like you said, he gets the move that he comes up with makes everything work as he leaves the bridge goes to grogu knows he's going to fight to mando lose to mando maybe he dies there he's okay with that but there's a chance they leave him alive I mean he's pretty valuable he probably understands that as well and he knows that then this will cause the cracking of their group between bo and mando it really was a very smart Ooh. play by him hitting a lot of different pressure points and i love when he sees that Mando indeed is not going to kill him. And he's just like, oh, okay, uh, this is going to be interesting. Let's see this. Yeah,
2: and and you also get him to set up that mythology and that mythos of the Darksaber too, right? Like, yeah. He starts you learning more about the weapon because they're setting you up for this eventual Bo-Katan kind of confrontation down the line. Um, I think that Mando to me I just love that Western pragmatic dialogue from den he's like all right what are you doing like spit it out get yeah. you know <laughs> and, and I really like that um
1: yeah. I, I had some I, and, and Jesse to your first point uh, it's right here in my notes it says some real worm tongue moments in this episode as well his uh, his tongue is definitely as sharp as any blade and he had that whole room. <laughs> freaking out and doubting itself hard right before those dark troopers are about to start well, the, roll up on him.
2: Yeah. He's the master of discord and look, the fight between him and, uh, uh, Din was awesome. And Din showed some real skills with the, with the, uh, spear there, yeah. you know, the kick, the kick shot was really cool. Yeah. They, they, they really blend in these, you, you got to tip your cap to these action scenes and these fight sequences. They are incredible.
1: The, uh, I mean, just like the, the way, like all the extended contact between the dark saber and the Beskar when it would like really start to heat or oh, yeah. like when they're like locked together and he's walking along the wall and you see the sharpness of the darts, dark saber, cause it's just cutting through the spaceship wall. Like okay. it's nothing, but it's not going through the spear.
2: But at the same time, I think if it held there long enough, it you think you you think you could through. burn through. That's what I was wondering. It definitely was I giving you those so. vibes. It was giving me that vibe. I mean, this thing was made by a Mandalorian. That's what. Right? I, that's what I was
0: just about to say. Like, it's a weapon of Mandalore. Like, it's, it's right. It, it's got to have that like trump card at some point.
2: And I love the freaking blocks with the forearms and stuff from uh, from dead. I thought that looked
0: well.
1: Really so I cool. actually have an interesting point on that. Um I I think that I I came away with a full appreciation once again of Mandalorian blacksmithing where not even Mando's wrist launchers took any damage under the Darksaber blade, right? And that's a pretty, uh, that's like a clockwork type of thing, right? It's very intricate is the word I'm looking for. and. And yet, we know that it's made of Beskar. And, like, he it, it's a very clear shot at the end where he blocks with that and it doesn't do shit. And you can even see uh, Gideon's face kind of like, oh, fuck. Uh, so, shout out to the blacksmith who we haven't seen
2: in a long time.
0: Well, and the she's hilt- one of my favorite characters in the series. I love her.
2: Yeah, I can't wait for her to return. And the hilt of the Darksaber is so badass looking. Yeah. You know, it's just this black hilt. Um, it, it just looked cool and it just kind of gets flung to the ground like a, you know, and he, he, this is another time where Mando said, look, I don't care about that dark, that dark saber. You can have it. Get out of here. Just give me the kid. Right. His mission is clear. His eyes are unclouded. His heart is open and he is doing what he, what he believes is right. And that's what I, I really like him.
1: How sick was it? Uh, when Mando walks onto the bridge, wielding the dark saber,
2: Oh, he looked, I mean, just, it just looks so freaking cool, man. Uh, incredible. And he looked lean and mean. And now this guy's yeah. starting to be like, you know, his, he's elevating his fighting game. He's not just the brawler anymore. I mean, he's, yeah, he, he is elevating his status and Bo-Katan looked, looked she was like, what it? the
1: fuck dude? I know. And I yeah. wonder what like people who didn't know the dark saber history were thinking there. Because you would think she'd be happy. Because, well, I mean, Cara Dune's like, Cara hell Cara yeah, dude. Like, he took wait, her alive. Yeah.
2: yeah, you got that from Cara Dune. <laughs> yeah. She was that naive, like, good, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. But she's but like, great. Okay, mission see- accomplished. Fuck yeah. Nice bro, job, She Mando. didn't even see Gideon. She did not even see Gideon when he walked in. All she saw was the freaking glow of the Darksaber. In
1: Mando's for- hand. In Mando's hand, dude. And she's just like, oh, shit.
2: This complicates things.
1: Um, Let's talk about that then. Because, and Gideon explains the history of the dark saber. I mean, Jesse, you, you're the best. Well, oh, that's to explain. where he
2: starts sowing them seeds, man. That's where he starts setting that down. So,
1: why don't you why don't you explain the history of the dark and then I think we'll get into some seeming contradictions that I think there is an answer for.
2: So, the uh, basically the dark is that Arthurian tale, that Excalibur of Mandalore. Right, whoever wields it uh, has claimed the throne. Uh, and in, and like we talked earlier, that they're they're the, this war culture, this combat culture. Anyone can claim it. A family can claim it. A you know uh, clan member of a big family can claim it. But it has to be done in trial by combat. It has to be won. In a it can be found, but but it still has to be won. Right? You have to defeat yeah. the owner of it to get it back it can't it it can't be given to you right that's the mythos of it so that's what the weapon is and that's how how uh moth gideon uses that um now immediately when he's you know sowing those seeds
1: okay so why that's interesting is because we actually have canon where um sabine wren and rebels has given it to bo katan uh, That's what I
0: wanted to ask you all about. I wanted to know like what what is going on with that. So
1: I guess I'll, I'll defer to the jetpack Don here. Mm-hmm. But my interpretation is that, and and any and honestly, me and the jetpack Don even discuss this a bit, but I do feel that that's maybe what bo katan because when we leave bo katan she's got the dark saber back and she's going to take over mandalore again or maybe she has taken over and obviously things go very badly right the empire runs in rolls up a mandalore destroys it we we know what happens i wonder if she thinks that the reason why uh she wasn't able to rule at first was because she didn't win it in combat and was given it and she doesn't want to make that mistake a second time
2: yeah i think that's what it is. I, I, I the way that Sabine, when she returns back to her planet of Mandalore, and she has this really cool conversation with her mom, it's like she's like, "Where'd you get it? Where'd you get that dark saber?" You know, because she knows it. We've talked it. It's a harbinger. It's like the it's like the Iron Throne in Game of Thrones. It's a hot seat. It just when it just
1: it's it's Taver and it, it weaves the world around it. Just calls it's it's magnetic to violence and people and who want power. power.
2: And the only way to hold it is to be a dominant power, to be a, you know, a Floyd Mayweather, if you will. Right. Like you're going to have to go undefeated. And, and she ended up winning it. Um, you know, at first she, and then mom said, well, how'd you get it? And he's like, well, did you win it in combat from mall? And she was like, no. And she's like, well, then it's not yours. Right. You can't stake a claim to that. And, uh, and, we get to see that kind of play out now with the Bo-Katan deal. And what happened was Sabine finally got her shot. Gar Saxon, who at the time was a, like imperial sycophant in charge of Mandalore, he and her fight. Um, she gets a lightsaber from Ezra or Cain, or I can't remember, and they fight, and she ends up beating him and then winning the, the, uh, the dark saber. saber through combat, which is the way to do it. And then everybody was like, all right, we've got a potential new uh you know ruler of mandalore but she had a different purpose her purpose was with the with the ghost crew and she gives the the dark saber to bo katan and really kind of a celebratory moment and what i think is you know without being a prisoner of the moment they probably started, you know, we, we've seen this culture. They started sowing those seeds of, well, y'all know she didn't win it in a fight. You know, she, she was given to it, yep. given it to her by Sabine. And I bet that started undermining her claim. And when you, and when that happens, she knows that she probably truly couldn't, she couldn't unite Mandalore like she needed to
0: that's a good point
1: point. and what sucks about that is she won't take it and when the episode ends that is not resolved at all and i can't imagine that mando is in any mood to fight at all at that point he doesn't want to fight at all i'm fascinated to see where it goes uh to me too it's it's, it's a sign of of how real that code is to bo katan that as they are facing down death at the hands of these dark troopers, no one is willing to wield the saber. Mando gets it and he's like, I'm not fucking with this bitch. Like, I'm not gonna wield this thing and have her, you know, I, I don't want anything to do with that saber. And then Sabine is, or Bo Katan will not pick it up uh just because she doesn't think she's earned the right. I mean, that is toxic masculinity right there that is fucking stupid that was their best weapon against the dark troopers and nobody was going to use it they just had their blasters out why mando had his gun out instead of his spear i have no idea
2: yeah i didn't either but you know what he is he's that that uh he's that john snow that unlikely ruler the guy that doesn't want the power the uh and tip and sometimes those are the people that are the best rulers, right? They don't thirst for the power. They haven't been poisoned by it. In many ways, I think Bo-Katan has. I mean, there's a dark side to her. There's, It's like you said. I mean, the, the, here he is humbly saying, I don't want it. And even in this moment where, all right, we can maybe decide this later, but at least somebody got to pick this damn thing up and cut one of these yeah. stormtroopers in half. <laughs> yeah, we won't uh, be alive <laughs> to decide this later. If yeah, we don't that, that they, don't, they don't even do that um and and that's when you have the you know that x-wing baby that freaking x-wing just oh you know you've got that God. moment that that you know they're beating the shit out of the door they've arrived all back i mean it's gideon is just so cocky bro he is like ha ha. Oh, here and then and then you what
1: who, who who do we see walking through the hallways I, call, but... <laughs> I mean, dude, can we give some props to Ludwig Gorenson here, man? Man. Oh, he's the goat. He's the goat. He's, he's been, been goat. doing he's incredible things goat. all season long and the score for this entire episode was so varied, so different and so on point. It truly blew me away. I cannot stop listening to it. Every now and then a soundtrack just bursts out to me and it's random, right? It's stuff like like, you know, obviously like Lord of the Rings back in the day, but I remember like Shape of Water, I started listening to all the time, and then Randomly Marriage Story I really loved last year. And then and then this season of Mandalore, and especially the ones that just dropped a couple of days ago. I cannot stop listening to everything from the Dark Troopers kind of dubstep vibes to Gideon's crazy, like, da-da-da, da-da-da, like psycho type thing uh just just the, the 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 theme of Grogu and Mando's relationship which breaks my heart and then that eerie ah that you just heard as Luke you know this this god basically is walking onto the scene and then when he takes his hood back and Luke's theme kicks in I mean it is I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about all of it Ludwig Gornson you know he's already uber talented we knew this but the heights that he has gone to with the amount of pressure that he is on him imagine someone telling you you have to Score the return of Luke Skywalker. Not only are you scoring Star Wars and picking up the John Williams mantle, but now we need you to score the return of everybody's favorite Star Wars character ever—the man who can reunite the Star Wars fan base—and you only got one shot at that shit. And yeah. Gornson, he he he, rose to the occasion, and like this show does time and time again, and then some, he exceeded expectations and he completely blew me away and i just i i it's it, it, it's magic i mean everything from the x-wing showing up on is pure magic and it's it's it's, 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 it's cinema that will stay with me for my entire life
0: uh, i um I, I really think we need to go back to what you just said uh because i think it deserves a second kind of pass through the pressure that you are under if you are Ludwig Gorenson, is insurmountable to most human beings. I mean, think about, we've been saying since, I I bet if we pulled up episode one of Four Mandalore, you'd hear T-Bob and me talking about how we like Ludwig Gorenson's score. And every time he's come back, he's done something a little bit better. He's done something a little bit cooler. Or he's changed it up a little bit. He hasn't gotten stale. Guys, the fact that you can be that, way as a creative is something that you just need to take a second and marvel in
1: well you know yeah. we're pretty creative people and it's one of those things that just intimidates you because you're like that is just a level of creativity it, it's like it's you know what it feels he's like
0: a, he's a
2: genius bro. it feels he's, he's it a, he's a feels a genius
1: listening to that soundtrack as someone who just tries to create for stupid sports morning radio show it feels like i'm a stormtrooper <laughs> and that's luke skywalker just i'm just watching him cut down dark
2: troopers that's fucking like, nice. i'm like,
1: I'm it, like a stormtrooper that's faking dead against the the wall and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Look at this, dude! He's just there's, sitting there's there, cut through him.
2: There's this behind the scenes part on the gallery where he gets this like synthesizer that has yes. at least ten thousand. It's, it's 000 not even an instrument. It's not it. even
1: an instrument. It's just it's it's nonsense. <laughs> it's like a Star Wars
2: prop. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I started inventing these sounds. I'm like, this is. This is one of these kids who what, when he, he when he hear, heard a song one time, he just starts cranking it out on the piano. You know, yeah, like yeah. like this is that guy, and he was given the creative uh leeway. And and that's one thing that I think we've got to also recognize with, with him, with Favreau, with Filoni, and all these directors. They have got genius talent, bro. They have yeah. got they've got that cream of the crop talent and they've created this mo- this studio atmosphere that I think these guys can't wait to go to work every day. And when you do that, you get these kind of this magical thing that we had in the last, you know, eight minutes of the the finale where you're exactly right from the moment that guitar that just sent me oh. in this entranced little moment where they play the guitar. And I'm like, Surely that's not Luke Skywalker's X-wing. I mean, we've just been bullshit about No, dude, about you, Luke know, you knew. You I like that, knew. that wasn't
0: even really a concrete bro,
2: you theory knew, that wait, I believe But
1: in. but but y'all knew. Y'all knew. Oh, I
2: knew deep in my heart. You no knew doubt. deep
1: in your heart when you saw that X-wing. You knew exactly who it was.
2: And that's like like we said earlier. <sighs> my breath caught. Wasn't.
1: I literally I was standing up, holding Odie in my arms, my daughter, and and I'm like no, I was like. I <gasps> like I immediately felt tears well up in my eyes and, and, and it's so yeah, funny do, doing this pod. I feel like it's, it's been this, we we've kind of come to this slow realization. You know, we talk about this so much every single week and I feel like we felt the call of Luke stronger and stronger. The more we talked about it, right? Like initially with the Ahsoka, I so feel like, you know, maybe it's Ezra and Thrawn because they want to bring Luke back. Right. But they're like, well, would they really do Ezra here? And, I mean, Luke is the most powerful, and then you start thinking about Ahsoka referencing to maybe a Jedi being out there. There's not many left. You look at who's out there, and it just felt like the call of Luke grew stronger and stronger, and then it culminated in that X-Wing shot, dude. Alarm sound off, X-Wing flies in, and my breath caught.
2: And and I thought uh, Gideon, was, his acting there was amazing. He was like, oh, shit. And that's when he pulled out the blaster yeah. and went, you know, for the Hail Mary. Because <laughs> uh, he knew that something had just arrived. Look, man, if you're, and, uh, granted, Anakin and Darth Vader actually threw the, the the Palpatine down the tunnel. But Palpatine, let's get some respect on his name. He is a powerful being that could go through the galaxy and kick everyone's ass and if you're the guy that is credited with his death yeah. what do you think other these 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 remnants of the empire are like oh no we ain't messing with this guy man this, No you you're, you're, you're god
0: mode dude you're you I mean you'd, you'd maybe, have to be a program programmed droid which the dark troopers are you'd have to be a programmed droid to want to go up against that
2: and this dude the way they gave him the entrance of the vader esque rogue one entrance father like son with the with the hood all black everything and then the fucking green lightsaber lights up and you're like i mean it was one of these goosebump moments i'm a, I'm a kid I'm, I'm i'm born in 1980s uh i grew up on yeah. luke skywalker yeah. and this is what you know i get the last jedi and I'm, and I'm and i like the last jedi but this is what what you wanted to see luke as a master jedi uh, and and they, and they gave it to you, and it was... They gave you so much. They gave you well, so and, much. And,
1: and in the end, much like something like Clone Wars makes the prequels so much stronger and justifies a lot of the decisions made therein, I think it perfectly justifies the last Jedi's decision. And now it makes that arc, like ultimately with this stuff that you want to flesh out some of the main movies, it's like rogue one. The best thing that rogue one that you can say about it is it makes that originally trilogy, like even stronger and cooler. And, 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 and with this, um, And so with this scene, it makes the Luke that you find in Last Jedi even more interesting because when we see this Luke, this is him at the height of his powers. This is him in God mode, superhero mode, where he is restarting that Jedi temple. Grogu is going to be, you would imagine, one of his key apprentices in restarting the Jedi temple. And so... Yeah, no question. And so, yeah, I mean, in the end, it's like... I wonder if this will bring people around who were not fans of him in The Last Jedi, will bring them around to where you find him at that point, Um, now that you have some uh, some height of power, Luke, on screen, and I think there's more. I
2: I think they did, like we've been saying, that unite the clans, the fan clans, and that Luke fan base is a huge part of that. And for them, I mean, if you went onto Twitter or looked at these kind of immediate reactions from kind of the Luke side, they were just—they were so happy. People were just generally ecstatic about how it went down and the way he just cut through them. I mean, he treated these things, and they should—they set it up. They showed you how hard Den struggled with one, right? So yeah. They showed you how, how 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 badass these things are, and he just. Uh, I mean, absolutely, with, with, with methodical, quick, efficient strikes of a samurai, just waylaid these guys, and then he hit him with the force crush, and then, which we've seen, Windu did to Grievous, we've seen Anakin do, and the reason the Jedi can do that is they can do it again. They justify it because it's a droid, yeah, right? And that it's not a living thing because it's a very, it's a dark side of the force oh cat. yeah for sure
1: also and, the thing well, i mean yeah, you, yeah.
0: you look at that you look at the what he does to the to the last dark trooper like the final one he literally crushes it the way vader crushed the medical droids at the end of episode
2: three yeah it's yeah, um, he absolutely does
1: and it's i mean obviously the dark troopers are so just like made out of a strong material and so the ability to crush them you see his force power but let's talk about his fighting because um I don't know. I, I think I've probably watched the Luke fight scenes like five or six times now. And and I'm and I'm really trying to break them down and I'm really trying to get a full appreciation of what we're actually seeing because upon first watch, it can look so smooth that I wonder if some people will almost roll their eyes like of like, oh man, I mean, they're not even shooting, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. But what you have to understand, what you're witnessing is someone who is orders of magnitude more powerful than anybody we have seen. He would smash Ahsoka. Um, she would put up the best fight of anybody that we've seen, but he would smash her. I I think at least. I, I think he is, uh, like I said, just, just multiple orders stronger. And what you're seeing is, and Jesse, you probably know this better than me, but you see it in anime. I feel like you see it in some kung fu movies where he has reached that point where he is so advanced in his fighting style and fighting knowledge that he is almost prescient. He is almost able to see the future. And so, like, there is no wasted motion. Every single move is the exact move needed at the time to counter whatever is coming at him. Um, I I, I would even go deeper with it. I think that when we talked on the phone you brought up him maybe like feeling like oscillations in the force, right? Like who knows what kind of sensory information he takes in from his force powers. He could be uh moving guns, making it hard for them to pull the trigger. He like 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 he is operating at full capacity and what you see there is what uh is is the prodigy finally come to light right it's it's that original innate talent combined with years and years of training and you see it at its max powers and it is a sight to behold i mean before he crushes that guy at the end he hits this move in that hallway where he does a force pull to cut a guy in half which he then goes into a behind the back spinning knee where he blocks a blaster shot behind the back, finishes the spin into force push, uh, does another like spinning cut block, throws a helmet into one guy, and then cry. it's just, it is, it is masterful. It's the most powerful. That- Outside of Vader at the end of Rogue One, it is the most powerful um, display of force that we've ever seen.
0: I 100% agree with every single word you just said wholeheartedly. And I, I just wanted to second the uh, the sequence that starts with the force pull. Yeah, is yeah. is is just art. Oh my god, it is amazing.
2: It is, and it's it reminds me of. Um, you know there's no wasted motion, right? Yes. There, every shot is devastating. There, every, every and every blow that he lands with his lightsaber or with his <coughs> force ability is a devastating shot. Like, you can't get hit by this dude one time or it's over. Well, right?
1: a- and it's like it, there, there's that old samurai book. Was it Legend of the Six Rings, Legend of the Five Rings? I never finished the book finished of the Five it. Rings. Yeah, I, the five rings. I read like half of it and I just I misplaced it or something, but in that one of the first lessons the dude is talking about is like every shot is a kill shot like there's no like fucking around here like like you said no wasted motion like when you strike you're going for the kill and you saw luke epitomize that here
2: and it reminded me of when when obi-wan takes down maul and you you they set it up you think this is going to be some flashing of the lightsabers multiple counter punches uh between Maul and Obi-Wan and he hits him with that master samurai move and it's one shot, one kill, cuts him down. Yeah,
1: I mean really and- the fight at Revenge of the Sith is a young man's fight. It's it's almost a prideful fight, right? It's it's very flashy. Right. It's guys like they're they're into it. They they don't want to admit it. They're fighting for everything, but they're kind of into the dually nature. In they're not
2: and t- testing the nature of their power. Yes,
1: too. they they have yes, they have not fully. They have not reached like the wisdom that the that the older fighter has, or the the ruthless kind of efficiency of the older fighter.
2: Yeah, I'd agree yeah, with that. And he was, and and that's what he looked like. I mean, he just looked like one of these guys that if if he if he gets inside of your guard, like if he lands one punch, if he lands one shot, you're done. Oh,
1: yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And and they were the done. The way
2: that him and Grogu were resonating, like there was, so you know, the, those puppeteers and you notice these little things. Another indicator that it might have been Luke, his ears, they kind of perk oh, up. Oh, dude. Right? I felt, and, and he looked Wait.
1: so sad before they perked up. And I just couldn't help but think like, man, what a tough life Grogu's had, right? Raised by multiple masters, taken away like all these Jedis were at a small age. Then he witnesses Order 66. He goes into hiding. He's literally suppressed decades or years worth of memory. And he thought maybe he had found something good with Mando. And here he sits about to die in this bridge again, or at least watch. He won't die. But he dude, feels our, like he's our, about to watch wait, everybody. That a he
2: hell of a save. Wait,
1: what? Oh, Oh, yes, dude. Of oh, work. yeah. Oh, yeah. Diving. I mean that that was That was
2: incredible. That
1: was a goal line tackle right there. Dude dude jumping dude, over the that pile. Was
2: perfect, exactly <laughs> <perfect> <laughs> jumping top, over comparison. the
1: pile and he knocked him back, dude. But like but yeah, but Grogu's sitting there and like you said, right before his ears perk up, his ears are very downturned, and you can tell that he's just like not again. Like I, I can't watch everybody I love die again. I like what's going on, and then yeah, and then he sends his loop.
0: And that. That whole sequence gets a whole new meaning when you think about it in the way that you just described it. Because yes. I, I think it, initially you think of it just as like being timid to to go to this dude because you know kids are always scared they don't want to leave mom and dad or whatever. But think about it in that context, bro. That changes everything. Well,
1: well think about I mean, and so I, so we'll get well. Okay, hold on. Uh, sorry, Jetpack Don, go on.
2: I love like this is one of my funniest things about this Star Wars. You have like 4D architectural design holograms of complicated ships, and we can't get an HD TV on the security cams. No, but bro. I love it, dude. <laughs> I love it, right? <laughs> right I mean, that,
1: that's the best that part, though, out dude.
2: Seventies. That's, you know, that that's the best boob. part of we Star got the damn Wars. they at boob tube black and white. Yes,
1: uh, but but think band. about it, they don't have gunpowder, right? Their technology just evolved in a wholly different way than ours did, and their physics may be different. Like whatever, it doesn't matter. But but yeah, I think yes,
2: it's, it's a call to a the, long time ago. It's the retro vintage. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that, that, really that's funny.
1: that's what people loved. I do think they loved about kind of what some of the things that the sequels did, like. George Lucas continued to try to expand on the aesthetic with the prequels, and people didn't necessarily love that. Everything since then has kind of gone by the retro future vision of the original Star Wars, and I actually think that's been a positive because I love that look
2: um dude and that and that's when they in in that connection with to go and that when they're looking at that thing that's when he said you know open the door and They're like yeah. are you crazy yeah
1: <laughs> and they're like what the fuck You did you just see that guy no we're not opening this door
2: <laughs> i mean and, then, and, and then, when then, they and then, open then, the door yeah it yeah. is it and a lot of these kung fu and, and uh yeah where they have these martial arts masters these kind of god modes that luke has become when they enter the presence of their key or, or their chakra or whatever they use to exude the force, as in the case of Luke, yeah, it is so powerful that it freezes the weaker martial artists, right? They're like, Why yeah. can't <laughs> yeah. I move? And all it is is this oppressive force emanating from a master. And that is a exactly master. what happened to that room. Of Mandalorians, I mean, Bo Katan was like slack jawed at the end, you know. I mean, and uh, and,
1: and, and and rightfully so, and right because they know, because like, and that's the thing. It, what's you old saying? It takes one, no one. I mean, these are master fighters in their own right, right? Like we know, or at least we think oh, yeah. that Bo's stronger than Mando, and like very strong. We talked about ninety nine percent. These guys are probably stronger than ninety nine point nine percent of people in the galaxy. But Luke is the point zero zero. I mean, he's the one. He, he is like the 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 true statistical anomaly and so when they freeze up you know it's real uh okay, i, I love
2: that can roll around the outer rim in a, in a x-wing by himself yeah <laughs> like
1: <laughs> no problem dude how about how about um I, I i really enjoyed uh obviously the smoke behind him and then the parallel of that shot and then the rogue one shot of darth vader Yes, with their lightsabers yes. oh to opposite sides, smoke on smoke. It's just like there it is, dude. Like father, like son, Green just red. fighting. Christmas. Even even a bit of gray area, right? Like father, like son, fighting for different things. But a lot of people died nonetheless. I mean, Gideon talks about this with his worm tongue, silver tongued ass, where he's like like the murderous savages that they are. I mean, I kind of felt him there. They rolled in and killed a ton of people. Like, it was nothing. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, and I
0: can't, can't disagree with that. And
1: so, like, there's levels to when you see Luke echoing his father there, but on the green side as opposed to the red.
2: And I love th- these puppeteers with Grogu. When he peeks around the little chair and looks <laughs> at Luke, I'm like, that's the cutest thing I've ever seen. Well, to, to
1: jump ahead with the puppeteer thing... um, the scene with R2 and Grogu talking and nobody else in the scene, just this robot R2 and this puppet Grogu talking, the emotion that it brought about despite the kind of absurdity of the situation, uh, it was movie magic, man. It's it, it, it's what makes all this so much fun and so incredible is that you can weave these stories where these two things that don't actually exist in any sense, they're not even beings playing characters. They are just props and yet they're alive and it's actually eliciting emotion from you and uh it, it was it, it was just it, it, it was it was magic i mean that, that's that's all i can say about it
2: and i love excited r2d2 sound effect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most wholesome and, content on the planet it really is and, <laughs> and, 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 before, and, and before that moment you got the that I mean, I'll tell you that the water works. It got real dusty. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on.
1: Okay, yes, yes, because I'm I'm with you there. Before we get to that, before we get to that, because uh, okay, so Luke, do you have the smoky hallway shot? What did y'all think about when he takes back his hood and the Gornson music swells? But like, how did you
0: feel about DH to Mark Hamill? I thought it. Could have looked a little better, but I was not disappointed. I was That's, not, that's kind of where I fall,
2: and I kind of agree with Nick. But I kind of, I don't know. Part of me liked the, the kind of weirdness of it, right? Like Luke is weird now. You know, he's living by, in, by himself. He's a, a god. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard exactly, for him to
1: have appreciation for like normal people at this point.
2: Yeah, that's right. a good he's point. Just you know, he's just like one of these devoid, but uh, devoid of emotion kind of characters at that point, but. I really I so think, oh, i think yeah, upon I loved it
1: I, I was kind of with nick and that at first I was like wow that's really good but like you know there's some stuff that off put me a little bit but on second watch and on third watch it really really grew
2: on me um at really? first well, I, I think the first i think the fir- only way you could have kept it quiet you yes could, like we've yeah. been talking you could the casting is they can't keep a big a character cast quiet there right so how do you do it well and and, it cut fake you know this deep cgi with with mark hamill as the voice i mean come on well
1: and, and and in the end um i actually think that the effects are pretty fantastically done what i took to be the kind of woodness of the cg at first Upon further rewatch, Jesse, I think I realize it's more you're talking about. It's just Luke's oddness because there actually was a lot of subtlety in Hamill's face, like the slight eyebrow movements, the lips kind of pursing a little bit like there were all these things that I remember from Hamill back in the day and they were there. Uh, It's just that at this point, he is this very, you know, very stoic, laconic Jedi warrior that's kind of transcended normal humanity. Think about how much time he spent like meditating and shit.
2: Yeah, and, like that Doctor Manhattan kind. Yes, you know, not yes, maybe detached. That, but, you know, yes, that, exactly. You know, detached void, and he and he's got a mission, and whenever there's a p- moment where he says, "I'll let give my life for the child," and I was like, "You damn right he will." Yeah, like, dude. I was so pumped. Like the core of me was like, "That's Luke Skywalker," you know. Like, yeah, to I, hear him
0: say something that affirming and something that strong, you're just like. I, I will
2: give you, my life. It's like,
1: so oh. what's kind of interesting about Luke's quest, so the reason why he'll give his life for the child is because his life's goal is to rebuild the Jedi Order, right? Well,
2: and he doesn't want to waste mo- It's like his sword fight. Is there wasted motion? I don't have time to die. Yes, that's a really you, good bro. point. That's I'm a really good point. I'm tell you right now, m- dad that's uncomfortable about letting go of its child, I will lay my life on the line for this kid. And oh, by the way, I just slaughtered a platoon of dark troopers 10 seconds before. Yeah, so like who's going to kill You you remember the one that smashed your head into the door and uh, almost killed you?
1: Wait, so, okay, so what, but but, but so what he- does
2: Luke look like when he's laying his life on the line, you know? What I
1: exactly. Mean? Yeah. So so yeah. here's a uh so apparently he well whatever. Here's a interesting thought then that just occurred to me right now. So he's protecting Grogu, like you said, because he's like, I don't have time to waste and this, you know, whatever. Uh, But he also, he's trying to rebuild the Jedi Order. This is a mission that has kind of been seeded in him from the time he was very young and very naive. And I almost feel like if there's a part of naivete left to him, it is that he is so married to this idea of bringing back the Jedi Order. Because let's be honest, what does Luke actually know about the Jedi
2: Order? No, not, not only what he's read only what he's heard only through text but, that's what i'm saying does that
1: know. not feel kind of youthful like even though he has so much wisdom does that not feel like kind of being beholden to this childhood dream a dream that we now feel like or at least i now feel like is even a bit misguided when you look at where the jedi order became
0: well i think you have a really good point in saying that i think it's really it really uh highlights some of the the fallacies that some of us might find even in our own missions that we think we're doing the right thing, but maybe there's some kind of like underlying tone or mission that is not really best for us.
2: Well, and we're going to find out we're going to see him now. I mean, Luke, I don't think this is the last we see Luke, but we also know that these Jedi temples, these are some pretty magical places, right? Like, um, it, when you go to learn, and you're going to go learn about something, and you go to one of these Jedi temples, I'm I'm assuming Luke has has seen and read and been encountered with a lot of of Jedi lore. That's right, also fair. Point. I mean,
1: there are there are um, I think there's like Lego Star Wars I'm not sure it's canon or not, where uh they're actually like chasing down Jedi holocrons in a post um think it's in a post Jedi where I, I I don't know, or, or it's, it's, it's Luke going on adventures and stuff. So, so maybe he does know more, but I just, I, I do find it interesting that he is so powerful and that's what he's using. All that power for is something that arguably, I don't even think needs to be done in terms well, of rebuilding the Jedi. Know, order.
2: I, I think the, the nobleness in his cause though, is saving these force, uh, uh, uh acumen kids yeah that's very right? yeah that's, that's right? very well said. like we're now we now know that if you're a child of the force you're getting hunted by 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 the the bad guys right they're yeah. always under and, and whether it's clone wars whether it's order 66 they are always coveted and so i think in in this nobleness of him kind of saving these these force acumen folks right these kind of like professor x does with the mutants yeah right? yeah that's Both really well said who goes and finds these guys and and wants to save them but I'll tell you this and and until it's proven otherwise and I, I, as far as I'm concerned I think Grogu is now Luke Skywalker's freaking Padawan you know like So
1: then the immediate question becomes where is Grogu at the fall of Luke's temple
2: Well let's well, I think we'll get into what's next let's go through the scene of of dan and grogu's kind of okay okay um, okay okay okay
1: okay hold on hold on again though uh sorry and and i hate uh i'm I'm trying to think about the rest of luke thoughts that yeah okay you know you're right you're right you're right because despite all the talk we just did of luke skywalker we love luke skywalker i love luke skywalker um that is by far not the most emotional part of this episode to me. Uh, no, definitely not. Mando partying with Grogu and revealing his face to Grogu is a top five Star Wars scene all time. And it is, without a doubt, it's not even close. It is the most emotional that Star Wars has ever made me.
2: It was incredible. And it was such a vintage uh, Luke when Mannequin, when Vader took his mask off, right? And so Luke's yeah. kind of watching that play out too. So he's oh, wow. it in, in a much dude. more different Holy light, shit, right? shit, dude. Oh and then he pulls God. his mask off and, and there's his face. And it's a happy moment. It's a, once again, it's the same kind of departure. But when 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 he sees his face, you finally get a sense that that um, maybe Mando's going to start taking it off a little more. But man, when he touches his face and he's crying, and Pedro's just nailing it—I mean, he's just hammering that scene. Oof. It made me just—I mean, I mean, I was—I yeah, was—I was,
1: I was legitimately sobbing. It's it, it it and whatever. That's not saying much. I cry a lot, but like, but I don't cry like that. Like it. it like I said, I, I've I've just never for all the Star Wars that I've loved and put so much emotion into, a passion into. I I have never. Felt the emotions. I mean, that's that father-child shit. And then, and then you think about Mando and, like you said, the vulnerability to take that helmet off. When's the last time he had his face touched? And you can see, began back to the puppeteering being magic, when Grogu reaches out and touches his face, the look on Din Djarin's face, you can tell it's... it's it, Like you said, Pedro knocks out the park. It's just the emotions that are going through him, I, I kind of find hard to even fathom at that time. And it's... um it's really bittersweet there's love there's there's pain of departure there's nostalgia there's anxiety about the unknown there's triumphant feelings of a job well finished like there's all these different swirling emotions in my head spinning and i, and I don't know what to make of all of it and and i kind of felt like grogu at that moment a bit scared or not just you know, a bit unsure of what comes next. And then R2D2 rounds yeah, the corner. Just does such a good job. And and he is the warm blanket <laughs> that just makes you feel good about everything. Uh, this this emotional core. And he kind of makes Luke, he kind of humanizes Luke in a way, and he makes you feel a bit better about Grogu going away with him.
0: And uh, uh Jesse, yeah. I, I gotta give you like stupid mad props for pointing out the connection to darth vader yeah. like coming off and yeah, never like coming considered off that dude because i am seeing that whole exchange so differently now that you pointed that out
2: yeah it's it's it's
0: so well crazy. just think I mean, about the news, emotions that, that
2: slow burn think it took about the, yes 15 yeah. episodes yeah. to do
1: that <laughs> well and think about the emotions <laughs> so, it makes it so, so much better going through luke's fit, head at that point that he is clearly suppressing right because he thinks that he is supposed to be beyond that kind of stuff
2: right I mean, and it, it it was one of those moments in Star Wars that you're never going to forget and it's and it's like Feloni said the core of Star Wars is family right and yeah. so that one just cut you right in the feels yeah. as soon as it happened and it and it it made everything so much heavier and it made the departure real and these two uh when i say these two uh grogu and din they kind of healed each other right i mean yeah yeah, that question, no question. You know, they they helped each other grow into what we're seeing now. It's well, uh, and it's so they, well said. and when they have that, um, kind of final, final, you know, that's going to be okay. Oh, the head RPG nod did.
1: when he gives him like the yeah. head nod, and then Grogu's like looking at him. It. It's just oh,
2: and uh, you turn, and you have one of these. This is going to be another one of these iconic pictures of Star Wars when it's. Luke holding Grogu and R2 next R2 to, him, next dude. to oh. him. And they've got him in the elevator. It's just one of these like, put it on a poster, on a t shirt, whatever. Well, and, and, and that's, that's when the music
1: swells and then the door closes and then cut to black. Bum. Bam. Cut to black. Bravissimo. bravissimo. I'm standing up. I'm throwing flowers at that point. I have tears streaming down my face. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm 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 bowing. I'm just saying, wow, what what did I just witness? No matter what happens from here on out, what I just experienced was something truly great. It's what makes like art and creation and all of these things so much fun.
0: And that's that's the thing when you talk about like like standing up and, and and the flowers and all that. None of that is like trying to be ironic or ingenuine. That's like actually the when you see those scenes about the old nineteen twenties crowds and they're all like standing up and everyone's applauding in the theater. That's like legit. That's what this scene did. That yeah. make no mistake.
2: That's what and I,
0: making magic's about. Exactly. No question. I, I wanted to add one thing to your point, Jesse, about them kind of healing each other. Think about how afraid Grogu has to be. To see another Jedi coming up to him, and think about in that moment, Mando's permission can erase that fear entirely. That's how much Mando has healed Grogu emotionally.
2: And we're talking and about a hooded, black, dark hooded, scary dude. Scary up. dude. I mean, he that just, just like, rolled t- totally up, totally wrecked yeah, everyone. Dude.
1: He, I mean, he's pretty fucking intimidating. We know him as Luke Skywalker, but if we play the game of mentally putting ourselves in their headspace. Uh, what the fuck? Like, what? (laughs) Is this guy real? I
0: mean, that is like Dr. Manhattan showing up or something. It is God mode. I mean, that's... and, And think about this. Like, Mando didn't even know what a Jedi was like a couple episodes ago. And, and now it's like, well, ma- maybe that's a bit of exaggeration, but he did. He was no, like right, asking though. what. Yeah, no, you're, no, he you're didn't absolutely know much right,
1: dude. It. No, he absolutely did not because they're not out there really. I mean, we're talking about galaxies of billions of billions, right? And there's only. And like you know,
0: days few. to weeks in like their world time, you see that. Like, <laughs> oh my God.
2: And then I, I thought I just got, I don't know why this ha- did this to me, but when the credit scene rolled up, and they put like Mark Hamill's name oh. on the on the screen. Oh yes, it yes. It yes. really drove it home and that that's what we we just witnessed. What what we've all kind of been waiting for. I'm
0: exactly. I'm glad I got to see that because I was waiting for like the post credit scene and just like kinda, I had like, no casually idea there watching. was a
1: post credit scene. I just was. Like my head was just spinning from what I had just witnessed. I think I remember later that I think you had texted us, Nick. But like my, I wasn't even thinking about that. And I'm just like pacing around, my head spinning. And then all of a sudden, I heard the action kick back in. I'm like, huh,
0: Tatooine?
1: (laughs) What's what's going on here?
2: Right. You know what's going on. That that was that 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 song. His freaking Boba. That's the March of the Empire of this generation. I mean, that song is. If you want to figure out how much you can bench press on max out day, you just go play that. <laughs> to to the yes, because uh, Boba is a dog, and he looked comp- that final shot of Finnick Shan sitting on his kind of on his on the right of his throne, and he's sitting there. You're like, all right, this dude has arrived.
1: Yeah, he. Um, I mean, the the final shot is a, a thing of beauty.
2: But, but you think him and Fennec Shan are lovers? Potentially, yeah, for sure. I, would I think, think so. I think that's um, what we're, yeah. I mean, we're why not the body man. and Clyde? You know, yeah, getting all oh, up in not. them
1: robotic guts. And so, <laughs> and so, yeah. I mean, like legitimate robotic guts, like confirmed robotic <laughs> guts. Um, I was trying to find the boba bump boba, but I can't find it. Uh, how about wait, bro? But how about uh, can we give some props to Jabba's boy taking over? I mean, I know he yeah, got uh, rolled Bib up Fortuna, on it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Wait, what's his name? <clears throat> Bib Fortuna.
1: Yeah. yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, man. He got fat as fuck. He had his little slave girls. He had his little lackeys everywhere. They're obviously not as prosperous as before. It wasn't really that rolling, but like he carved out but for himself. they didn't go under. Yeah, dude, he carved out for himself a nice little corner of the galaxy.
0: And he uh and you know, if you're going to be one of the heads of the Hutt families, you know you got to get big. You got to bulk up. You got to look like the Huts. You know, you got to encapsulate that. That's why Boba's been bulking up, man. This is his whole plan, dude.
1: That's no, right. Let so me when, tell when he sits on the throne at the end, to me, that is him establishing that he's he's going to try to rule the uh,
2: the, the underworld. The, the,
1: yeah, yeah. The uh, well, wait, the what am what I? The Hutt, Outer Rim. The Hutt Outer Rim. Don't
2: want nothing to do with Boba, bro. I mean, I think Boba's about to shock the world are
1: there any other criminal organizations that like you know i mean obviously we know about like black sun and stuff like that from solo but there's no other there's
2: a few of them there's a few of them i can't think of but there's several, like the hut families
1: no i know but that's what i'm saying i'm wondering if there's anybody like uh I, i i just didn't know if we knew in canon about the kind of scum and villainy big players at this point um so this is so this has been interesting. I thought when they announced Book of Boba Fett coming Christmas Day twenty twenty one, I thought that was just what Mandalorian was or what the Mandalorian was becoming, and that our story was now at an end. Um, is that not the case now? Are these I don't, two different that's shows? That's really
0: a very important point because I wanted to see what y'all thought about like, like what was our thought about what the Mandalorian was going to be. You know, when when you meeted episode zero, T we said, "Oh, this is going to be this badass like bounty hunter series where he's going around doing all these bounty hunter things," and that's what I'm picturing Book of Boba Fett being. So, how did that? How does that? Me- how does that mesh? How does that? Well, how do these you, two you series you know, live I mean, independent you, of each you other.
1: You know that Book of Boba Fett's definitely going to bring in some storylines that are already established. Like, I obviously we 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 know that, but. I guess I just, well, I wonder two things. So, okay, so they are two different shows. Does Mandalorian still have the pull for you without the emotional core of the Grogu-Mando relationship? Because no. I felt like that story was kind of at an end. I mean, I want to hear about Bo-Katan and Mando and see it, but I feel like I don't know if that's enough to... I'll be, I'll be very interested to see how they try to... Um, draw you in as much if they continue dinjarin story
0: that's that's really the the big question you gotta ask is like what is what is the what is the cell in this series now where, where do we go i think it's centered on the bo-katan Mandalore, mandalorian uh Dinjar I, I should say dinjarin dynamic uh, and i think mean that's i, really I what mean you still got getting resolve. in
1: play you got a lot of first order stuff in play um, Range of the New Republic will probably be Dude, involved and, and in ways. Got,
2: don't uh, don't get it twisted. I think Grogu is going to go train with Luke. You're going to get a Grogu uh, Djarin reunion before. That's Mandalore true. They is make over. a
1: point of saying, "I'll see you again." Like he like says, "I promise, I'll see you again." So that is a very good point.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the re, reuniting and and winning back Mandalore is can be, be completely awesome.
1: Yeah. 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 I guess I'll just have to uh I, I, I guess I was just in the headspace of like like you said, Jesse, this is just such a perfect ending. I mean, when that door shuts with the music I just and then no concept art because of course not. Uh Well and if you think in
2: big picture, I mean I and think whatever that, said, that ending that ending exists no matter what comes next. Right, no question. No question. It it absolutely does. And I think Boba, what he's doing is He's going to expand his power. He's going to become a a player. He's going to become a galactic player. Uh, And I think Dan could likely be becoming a galactic player, right? I mean, what if Bo-Katan, you know, finally realizes through all her you know, missteps and mistakes, maybe you just aren't born to be the ruler, right? Like, Mm. uh, Mm. and, and, you know, maybe she says, you know what, maybe I'll get with then maybe he's the guy I'll support. Uh, and look, maybe she loses to him in a fight. But then, Din, right?
1: like Steve Insminger, dude. He doesn't want to be OC, he's gonna have yeah, to dude. take some convincing to be. Dan is probably so torn up post Grogu, he just wants to walk out of that spaceship and go like drink or something.
2: No doubt,
0: yeah. I mean, like, imagine his mental state at this point. Like, he's had like the one thing that's really like lighting a fire under his ass is kind of like just out of the picture for right now.
1: The only thing that he's ever loved, he's not known love. He's known devotion. He's known commitment. He's known, you know, a creed, but he's never known love. Uh, and that was the only love that he does. Even though, I mean, in the end, like you said, Nick, it was a very great point. They they healed each other. And when he takes his helmet off, I think that is the the biggest step yet in him breaking the kind of uh, very dogmatic, very zealot, uh i identity of his past like like but i the, think i think he's ready to join the, the, the quest for mandalore and realize that like it's okay to take your helmet off and stuff that was oh, what and, it was gonna
2: take and be let's be real he is in possession of the dark saber yeah it's his yeah he is legitimately has the claim right now and yeah whether he keeps it or not that's the, the the current status of how they left us because they just ended it with Luke exiting. He is the freaking Mandalorian. He is the uh ruler. He's a ruler, ruler Mandalorian. He obviously I mean he really is. I mean, look, maybe Bo Katan fights him, maybe he beats Bo behind. I don't know. But um but right now, as of now, he is the wielder of the Dark Saber with the claim to the throne.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Which is a big deal.
1: It's insane, man. Um <laughs> I just can't believe what we just witnessed. Talking about this has been one of the most fun podcasting talking experiences I've ever had.
0: I wholeheartedly agree. Guys, it is time for the listener questions. We are so thankful for you guys' response to the tweet this week. We had so many great questions come in. Uh, Let's just start right off the top. Uh, The first response that I see is from NVIDIA Steve at NVIDIA underscore ATUS. He asks, why was Bo-Katan willing to accept the Darksaber from Sabine, but not from Din Djarin? Guys, I know we kind of touched on this earlier, um, but is there any extra thoughts that we might have that could add on to this
2: point? I think we can sum it up. Basically, what we said was, I think she probably, it undermined her, her ability to rule that she didn't win it in combat the first time is what I think likely happened. So she knows firsthand that you can't just say, oh, look, uh, here's, the, here's the dark saber, follow me. You have to be able to say, hey, look, I beat Moth Gideon's ass, and now I have the dark saber, follow me. And I think that's the reason.
0: Yeah. So that's perfectly bone and a ribbon wrapped up. I think yeah. that's perfectly answers uh, that question. Thank you so much again, NVIDIA Steve. Next question from Joshua Watts at Megawatt519. Do you guys think this is setting us up for us to witness Luke's potential fall? Or do you think we have a uh, do, Or do you think we've seen the last of Grogu for a while?
1: Well, I think we've seen Luke's fall, right? I mean, I, I feel like Last Jedi showed Luke's fall. Um, in terms of we've we seen the last of Grogu, no, I think Jetpack Don hit it on the head. Uh, they very clearly say we will meet again, so we will see Grogu again. Also, I cannot fathom. That we will not learn Grogu's fate and what happens when Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren destroy Luke's temple.
0: Yeah, no Uh, way, no way we don't learn that.
1: Yeah, I, my, what I'm wondering is do you let Kylo Ren kill Grogu? You want to juice up his villain profile a little bit? Let oh my him god! Be the yeah, then,
0: then then he really like when you see him coming off the shuttle in episode yes. seven, you really get like, oh my god, there. What he is. if
1: what if he has Grogu and Han Solo to his name? That's two pretty damn big Star Wars kills at this point, boys.
0: Now he's got the he's got the clout from that, and I think that kind of translates really well into Jeff Burns' question. Uh At Jeff underscore Burns writes us, "Who was Luke's first real apprentice, Grogu or Ben Solo?"
1: Do they say that Ben Solo is his first apprentice? Because I thought Ben Solo just joined the temple that he already had, and we know that he trained Leia as well. Good
0: question,
1: Jeff. I don't know
2: the answer. What was the question?
1: Um, do we know? So okay, uh, reread the original reader question.
0: Yeah, uh, at Jeff Burns writes us: Who was Luke's first real apprentice, Grogu or Ben Solo?
1: So oh, um, I
2: think it's Grogu. Well, but also like w- w- well, I they, mean, Leia, they never.
1: Leia, well, and he had trained. Well, that's what I'm saying. They never say that Ben So is the first apprentice, right? Because he already has the temple at that point. And we, like we said, we know he knows that we we know that he trained Leia.
2: No, but I, I I'm a, for me right now today, and this can change. I am looking at Grogu as freaking luke skywalker's padawan so like he is make he
1: is the beginnings of the temple that kylo ren eventually destroys that would make a lot of sense
2: in the same way i look at ahsoka as anakin's padawan yeah
1: that's fair Yeah. yeah i just wonder how the age thing works grogu's already had so many teachers
0: that is a very interesting point guys Damon uh wear a mask, Kenobi writes us at Damon. Oh, Wan shout Kenobi. out David
1: Wan Kenobi. He is um an Alabama fan. So he's a bit like our misguided Imperial friend at the beginning of the episode. But I've thoroughly enjoyed him Gimno on Twitter. He he has tons of super badass lightsabers, and he is building a suit of Mandalorian armor right now that is incredible. But he's made of Alabama colors. Damon, I was about to say, Damon, you're almost making Alabama
0: fans likable. Damon, point, this is not the way. But uh, continue with your question. He writes this, asks, anyone else think Bo-Katan is kind of an asshole? And where do you guys think Din goes from here?
2: I'll take the first one. I I, I do think Bo-Katan's an asshole. And now when I think about her, her history, look, she was originally aligned with the Death Watch who opposed her sister. I mean, she has done some dumb shit. And oh, I forgot she was originally aligned with Death Watch, you're right. Yeah, she's done and look, man, they've done some warlord stuff in their own right. Um, I I think that Bo Katan can't see the forest through the trees right now, and she's got this obsession of and I think she does have a higher purpose, right? Like I do believe in her wanting to unite you, you know, unite Mandalore. What we're gonna find out about her character is what what does that really mean to you does that mean taking a step back and honoring the dark saber tradition and supporting man den or does that mean do you really crave the power of being at the head of it right yeah and so it's going to be interesting yeah, is it to community see it driven
1: or, you know is it like externally driven by care for your fellow mandalorian or at the end of the day is it really internally driven right out Do of just a just personal hunger at for top power the
2: throne with the dark saber hey that, know, that's really you, where the distinction you know who, comes in is like
1: <laughs> you know who does want to sit atop the throne
2: boba who? Uh, yeah. yes 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 <laughs>
1: what, what were you saying it, though nick
0: I, I was just saying that's where, like, that distinction is what's going to determine, like, who she really is. Like, was that anxiety about not having the Darksaber driving the need to get it back? You know, that's that, like, it's just what you guys said. Well, but, like, yeah.
1: yeah, does she pass the test, right? Does she manage to let Din leave the bridge alive?
2: Because I think look, she would win in a and, fight. And I like, I like Bo-Katan. I'm not, this isn't a knock on her. But you also have to remember the one thing she did, too. And she did this with Ahsoka when they were hunting Maul. Is she aligned with the Empire, right, with the Soka's, you know, s- squad of the blue and the blue and uh, orange, mm. and she's the one that brought the Empire into Mandalore, which at the time was, oh a, yeah, s- was seen as a big deal. But she was like, I don't care; it justifies the means to the ends. We can get Maul, and we can get these folks out of here. But what she didn't understand either is. You brought like the Order sixty six guys into this house, right? Like yeah, you brought yeah. the, you they were on your team to get Maul out, and then very soon after they were your enemy. You know, um, and so I think she's got a complicated past when it comes to Mandalore, and I. But I do think in that moment, like you said earlier, that kind of toxic masculinity or whatever we're calling it she really looked like an asshole. Well, that's what I'm man. saying. And look, I mean, yeah. whatever.
1: when I say talking, I'm not trying to get in some larger convo. I'm just saying, just like being such a meathead to the point where it's fucking meathead dumb. For sure. Like, like not using the dark saber against dark troopers because like, you're just whatever. Cause you, cause you think that you can't like, that's, yeah, that is just stupid. It, it, but, but I mean, people do that, right. That, that's a classic thing. Honor. Right. I mean, you know, look what happened to Ed Stark because he was so committed to honor. He got his fucking head lopped off.
2: And I he know, probably it's deserved fun of it. his kids. These are... <laughs> the, these, uh, then, oh, my God. <laughs> where Din Djarin goes from now? I think we just got to deal with the immediate, like we talked about earlier. He is in possession of the Darksaber and has the true claim to Mandalore. And yeah. he won it and he won it in single combat from the dude who who somehow got it from bo katan right yeah um i
1: I I still don't i don't i don't know that gideon won it right and i don't think that gideon gave a fuck gideon's pragmatic he's like there's no chance that gideon would face a room full of dark troopers without that dark saber in his hand
2: and i don't think he can beat bo katan one-on-one no i think that he
1: glassed mandalore like they said and he just took that shit uh, which, which again, though, that makes me worried about Bo-Katan's actual motivations. Like, what is Mandalore at this point? I guess maybe she's not talking about remaking taking the planet. Maybe she's just talking about retaking the people or uniting the people. But like,
2: but I think what they're headed for, from a series perspective, we are going to see legions of Mandalorians and this united um, galactic power. That you know, um, I think that's coming. I don't return know. Return to glory, yeah, yeah. Their return to glory. That's that's exactly right, Nick. Their return to glory. And remember, the Mandalorians—they're conquerors too, right? Like they expand their territory, but at the but before they're going to do that, they've got to secure their homeland. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be fascinating, dude.
1: Protect. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, it goes back to a lot of our season one conversations. Is this the rise of like a third faction? Uh, You always have first order republic. Whatever does Mando's reenter the scene? Uh, Even though now Boba's entering the
2: scene, and what's interesting he's a faction now in his his own right for sure. And and
1: now you have, um, you know, you got Taika Waititi making new movies. You have some of these new movies where who knows how far into the future some of these movies could take place? Could Taika Waititi's movie be a Grogu movie? Could it be I a Mandalore so. movie? I mean, that's obviously where his show ties where his ties are originally. It could be. Uh, it's it's fascinating to think about what could be.
2: And they haven't. They've kept a lid on that. We really don't know what the Taika Watiti movie is.
1: Nothing, but but that's but that's why they're again so smart. Is that he has reached the level of uh, fame and, and credit as a director where you don't need to add anything, right? You just say, hey, well, it's a taiko with TD. People are like, oh fuck yeah, dude. I'm into that. Wait, real quick, we should give some credit to Peyton Reed. We've talked this entire time. We haven't even mentioned it. And he's the actual director oh, yeah. See, of this final episode,
2: point. dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean he, he deserves it. mad
2: props, bro. A guy. You know, who. Like Nick said earlier, the pressure that the the this Ludwig was on yes. under. Imagine Peyton Reed.
1: That's what I'm saying, dude. And it's kind yeah. of crazy because like his uh I mean his his IMDb it's fascinating top three that he's kind of known for it's it's bring it on back in the year 2000 and then he made Ant-Man and he obviously made the second Ant-Man movies working on a third Ant-Man movie right now and he's got other stuff like yes man and like kind of stuff in there but what an eclectic kind of profile there and then to be the this one that DeReri the rare like I mean so. yeah no no I mean this shoots rockets to the top right I mean yeah, for a lot he, of people they must no
2: recognize his talent like they must Fabro and them have said this guy's talented. We need to scoop him up, uh, and then they did it with Robert Rodriguez. He's going to be the executive producer of the yeah. Boba Fett series. Which I mean,
1: look, I, I, I mean, love Robert Rodriguez, and like I, I can just imagine no little kid loving Boba Fett more than Robert Rodriguez. Like Robert right. Rodriguez and he's the was one probably brought him fu- to life. Yes, he's probably furious with what like. How Boba was shown in Return of the Jedi. Robert Rodriguez has been waiting his entire life to make Boba Fett a badass on screen, and he's gotten to do that. And now he's going to do it more. Uh, do we have any more listeners? questions? we got one.
0: In? Yeah, we got one more. Uh, hey, Bub, at hey Bub Sports dad asks us why not Ezra?
1: I just it just, it just would have lacked the punch, dude. I mean, I mean, think about everything that we just said—the slow simmer, everything building to these moments, Boba Fett returning, all of this stuff. If you have Ezra Bridger there, it's very exciting for people like us. It does not unite the Star Wars fandom or uh, get the reaction that you saw out of Luke. Now they played a trump card pretty early because it's a huge ace in the hole, but I do think that they timed it perfectly.
0: Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta ride with
2: you on that one. Yeah, I, I agree with you, what T. Bob just said, <clears throat> and I think you gotta also acknowledge that with series, yes. the Ahsoka series, the the rebels, the rebels crew is headed for the Ahsoka series.
1: I'm excited to meet Kanan's kid.
2: Me too. I'm excited to see Thrawn. Yeah, it's gonna be epic.
1: I'm excited to see Gandalf, uh, ah- Ahsoka. I mean, me too.
2: Um, I'm excited to see Kenobi realize the mistakes that they made.
1: Oh my god! That's what
2: we're gonna, we're gonna get a broken Kenobi. I hope at some point.
1: You know, you know what I don't think we're gonna get, but what I would absolutely love would be if they filmed like a – well, I mean, you probably don't even need this, but I would just like to see it with you, and McGregor. What if they filmed a and 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 the mall actor as well? What if they filmed a uh a live action kind of reenactment of Rebels season 3 episode 20? At least oh, just God. like the final fight, dude. What if they did that? like, I a, mean, like a short. Like like no, like it's just Star like it's just War like short. maybe maybe Kenobi has like a flashback or something and he's just thinking yeah. back to when he killed Maul and you just do a a live action version
2: of the duel. I'm, I mean, there's really no I'm, point
1: to do it, but it would just I, did, I mean, that's just I, one of my favorite Star Wars scenes I bet
2: ever. we get some Maul in Kenobi's series. You got to, I, dude.
1: You brought him back in Solo. People are coming around to Solo now. They know it was actually a good movie. Like, you got to bring Maul back on the, on, and on the big so screen. they're so
2: intertwined.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. At are very core. Uh, they're intertwined. And Maul, Jesse, you, you're the one that really opened my eyes to this. Maul is actually a pretty sympathetic figure. He's very tragic in a lot of oh, ways. Oh, gosh.
2: He is the tor- that guy Sisyphus, you know, he pushes that rock uphill every day, only oh, to be like crushed by it. He <laughs> has to do it every day for right. the rest of his life. Right. I mean, right. that is he is a doomed, tragic uh character, and he's great. And he's another one like uh, like Boba Fett was with the with the look, right? That helmet, Maul's look, oh, yeah, was so cool in uh, the episode one.
1: Dude, and then and then when he pops that you second build blade out, <laughs> this
2: massive character. Just uh, from the way he looks. Oh my god.
1: Oh, I love Star Wars. Boys, Favreau and Filoni have taken that torch from Lucas, and they've done incredible things.
0: It's just moments like this that make you just remember how great it is to to love something like this. Just and, it really, and the way that they've
2: done it. Like, look at the way. um you know, DC makes this announcement that they're gonna go to movie and stream with all their stuff, and then their stud talent, Nolan yeah, has some just really shits on it. <laughs> Curse words. But here, Disney Plus has already broke the mold. They've already done this streaming TV service and they've got this talent. It's I think it's because all these directors now. Their first movie magic experience was Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. So they, they're they're kids of they the Star Wars real generation. Fans. Yeah, they're yeah. real fans, and they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're attracting ridiculous talent to Disney Plus Star Wars. I mean, it's nuts when you think about yeah, it. And then, it is, and then it also, really
1: it's a big payday. It's um, it's 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 great notoriety. Like like, why would you not want to be a part of the show? And it's it's for a lot of these people. It's not nearly as much work as a movie. I mean, think about Timothy Oliphant. I'm sure we see him again, but for now, you oh, know Oh, he's
2: definitely going to be in Oh the no, no, he'll
1: he'll be no, he'll be back, but I'm saying but for now, you know what? He did like a couple of weeks of work. He probably got to have so much fun. He got to wear Boba Fett's fucking armor. And, right. and like like why would you not take that job? So yeah, they can attract pretty much whoever they want at this whoever point. Whoever
2: they want. I mean, no they, they get anything.
0: When you, when you hit the way this series hits on everything, bro, you, 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 you're in the driver's seat at this point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh,
1: I mean, is that it boys? This is easily our longest pod ever. We're here at two hours and I, I don't even know that it feels like two hours. I've never, I, I said, I was never been so excited to talk about anything ever. And I don't know that I quite realized how true that was going to be. I mean, this was super fun.
0: I mean, I, I just, I, 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 it's the old saying, you know, it, time flies when you're having fun. I mean, I really uh, have loved every second of this, just because of not only being with you guys, but what we're talking about. It's just, it's just so, just so awesome to revel. Just sit here, revel, and talk about, chop it up and cut up about
2: th- this thing that is just awe inspiring.
1: I agree. Jetpack Don, any final words?
2: I had a good time, man. I thought it was a great, great season. I really enjoyed, you know, doing this with you guys on on these, you know, these nights. And uh, I can't wait to, you know, see what we do next. I think we'll have one more episode of kind of just maybe talking through the future with yeah. all these different series. I agree. You know, not time. Yeah, soon. we we
0: need. Yeah, we need to. We need to like get that all in one pod. Definitely get
2: that in there, and then. You know, I think we'll be doing four Mandalore podcasts very soon in 2021. It'll be here before <laughs> you know it. Where they're yeah. gonna be jamming some new content out, and and I look forward to it, man. This has been a great, great season. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Uh, who knows? It may, maybe it's like if we 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 break down book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian every week. Uh, I'm excited. All right. I think I think Nick, take us out, man.
0: Guys, uh, we cannot thank you guys enough for sitting in with us, hanging out, chopping up Mandalorian, and uh, we will be back quite soon with a recap of the season and a look at what's ahead. Thank you guys again. Hit us up on Twitter, at 4 Pod. Ask us all your questions. We'd be happy to answer them like we did on this pod. Thank you, guys.